Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Footy Prime, the podcast with Danny Dicchio, Craig Forrest, and James Sharman. Today, we welcome Jonathan Osorio, TFC's own. For myself, Jeff Cole, and producer extraordinaire, Dan Wong, and to all the mothers out there, cheers. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Cheers to all the mums out there. It's a Mother's Day. I'm enjoying the, uh, the Amsterdam three-speed today. A crisp beer. Lovely beer, so uh, I very much appreciate that. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a fun one today. As you heard, we're going to be joined very shortly by, and this makes me feel really bloody old, um, Jonathan Azorio, Toronto FC's all-time leading appearance maker, even more than Danny Dicchio. Yeah. I think he played like eight times or something many years ago, but it makes you feel really old that Ozzo is the all-time appearance hold, record holder for TFC. That's crazy. But before we get to football, I've got to ask, Dickio, <laughs> why are you wearing a suit, Danny? If you're not watching this or on our YouTube channel <laughs> and you're listening, Beach right now looks like he's in his coffin. <laughs> he's wearing a suit he's got his beards all being uh, dyed you look like an accountant a dead accountant but an accountant Actually, my, my cousin in uh, England said I look like Charles Bronson which is uh, a little bit different than what Definitely. you guys sound. but it's my um, it's, it's my mum's birthday today so I've just got off the phone with her in England uh, wishing a happy birthday and we always dress up for my mum's birthday and go out celebrate so I thought I'd do it all the way from here in Canada and celebrate with her and have the gin and tonic online so, so it's the same day as Mother's Day in Canada yeah but in England we don't have Mother's Day the same day as what you guys have over here or the rest of the world for some He's reason a, I know that buddy I lived there for fucking 20 years <laughs> <laughs> I'm just explaining it to the rest of the people here but last, last week Beach wore like this retro um, 80s Detroit Pistons um, sweater, and now you're wearing a suit. What are you wearing beneath the camera line there? Are you, got, are you wearing dress pants? No, I got trousers on today because uh, just yeah. respect my mum. Now to be <laughs> sharp, fully <laughs> So you look great, Beach. I've got to say, well done. Um, Craig, however, um, ha- has had how should you say this? An, an adjustment to his appearance. Mm-hmm. Beneath the hat, Craig, gone shows all. Look at that. It's a full Craig Forest. I've got to tell you, it actually suits you. It ages you by about 10 years, but it suits you. Fuck. Really? Yeah, yeah it does. You're definitely much older. You look like Kojak. I know. And what's the, what's the reason for it? Was it really that unkempt? Was it out of control before? Oh, yeah. It was all over the place. So uh, my daughter uh, started shaving it, and then it just went sideways, and it just... Lobbed it all off. <laughs> you got that like psychopath slash pedophile look to you right now. Oh man, really? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's different. But I would go what with you, it. How you went from it suits me to that, eh? <laughs> well, yeah. No, you know, I, I've I've seen a lot of worse bald heads in my time. Yeah, myself included. I, I got a bumpy head. Your head's not very bumpy. It looks pretty smooth. Well, whatever. It's the new Craig Forest. Sean, you got a head like a rugby ball. Yeah, exactly. We've well, got a few dents from rugby. I think mean, that's the issue. A few elbows and knees uh, have done the damage over the years. Um, listen, boys, football is kind of back. South Korea kicked off on Friday. Were any of you watching that? A lot of people were. No, me neither. I had no interest. But a lot of our uh, 
our viewers slash listeners who are like obsessive football types were tweeting about it. I had no interest. Deesh, you're yeah. a bit obsessive. Yeah, I watched a little bit because uh, a Canadian player, a good friend of ours, a boy that came through the academy, Mr. Daniil Henry was playing. Um, so it was good to see Daniil back on the field. Um, it's good just to see football back on the television. Um, I didn't see much social distancing going on after they scored their goal, which actually <laughs> pleased me because it would have been weird seeing players score a goal and everyone kind of celebrating or giving high fives, air high fives from 10 yards away. So I was glad to see that. I was just happy to see football back on the TV as well as UFC last night as well. So sports yeah. is coming back. We're on the downward curve to getting back to normal people. Did, did, it, did it feel like a, a real football match or more like a training match? Because what you know, when I've watched games in Europe, for example, you know, Europa League saw some of these games behind closed doors. It feels like a training session because or, or you hear the actual instructions being barked out, the, the, the players talking as opposed to the roar of the crowd. Well, you know what? As I mentioned, UFC last night, I thought was really good because you could actually hear the fish smashing against the face. <laughs> but the football was a little bit weird for me. In an empty stadium, there wasn't much atmosphere, which is understandable. And you're right in what you're saying. It was kind of like a training match where you're watching it behind closed doors. And Are they allowing five substitutions? Um, I don't think they were yesterday. They're starting to do that in Germany, I know, for the first time. And they're going to do it, hopefully, when MLS starts and the Premier League. Yeah, I think, I think especially if you're going to be playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, yeah. I think it's needed. Will that keep it? Yeah, I was going to say, do you think they'll keep that? Will that stick around? I have no issues with it. Now, well, what about, I mean, in, in rugby, you have blood breaks, right? So if someone gets cut, you can go off the field and you can replace him for a, for a short time. Do you think that might be something that football looks at at some point? Well, they already do it in youth football uh, when we were playing this year in the USSDA. So if a player got hit on the head, he could come off and get assessed um, and replaced by a substitute. And when he was assessed and he's okay to go back on, he can go back on and the substitute that came on for him comes back off. But that was at youth level, academy level. So I'm not sure if they do that in any pro sports yet. I know NFL, they do something similar, don't they, Craig? Well, yeah, yeah but, but you're you're, cons- you're constantly changing positions, anyway. so it's not a big deal. Like, but football, could you imagine being a cynical person as I am uh, at the international level? Somebody's they're out of substitutions. You're absolutely out of your feet. Somebody's knackered. Next thing you know, oh, he's got a bang on the head. Pull him off. Yeah, you know, and you throw a fresh body on. Yeah, because yeah. because football types are cheating bastards. Exactly. Do the right thing. No, no you're, you're right. right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Germany Beach, and they're going to be back, as far as you know, this Saturday coming, right? Now, um, now I should mention, though, there's a big meeting in England on Monday. Now, by the time you, you listen to this podcast, that news could be out, whether they're going to restart or not restart. But right now, Germany um, began restricted training back in April. Now, listen, we know the teams won't be ready. Right, they're not getting the, the Danny Vicchio sanctioned one month training camp. Poor, poor dears. Um, <laughs> what do you think the quality of play is going to be like next Saturday in Germany? Um, I think it's going to be rusty, rightly so. Um, you got to remember, none of these players or teams have played any sort of game for in excess of six to eight weeks now against opposition. And I think we all know you can play as much as many training games as you want, as many opposed games against players that you know in training every day or whether it be in a stadium. But as soon as you go on the field against an opponent or competing for a result, it's a totally different mindset. And then, Deitch, you got on the other hand, too, they're going into this. Half the players must realize that this might even not even go on as it is. Yeah. You know, they might play a few games. Somebody gets sick. I mean, what have they got? Three Brighton and Hove players now. Uh, tested positive. Is that because they're in relegation zone? Yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> some owners and presidents are going to be a little bit clever as well. I know that we spoke about Brescia's owner in Serie A last week saying that he wants the season null and void. It's only because he's bottom of Serie A and he's paying Balotelli ludicrous money and he wants to stay in Serie A for next year. Where the rest of the teams, they want to get continue, they want to play Champions League, they want to get the season done. But at the end of the day, we have to think about, are we putting people's lives at risk? 
are we in a situation where we can keep spreading this virus or are we going to be in a, an era or an environment where everything is crystal clear what people are doing uh they're sanitizing properly they're keeping social distancing properly in and around the game itself and then when the players go on the field it's a normal game but how can you stop the virus spreading if players are playing a close contact sport like football anyway so it's a brand new mentality, right? Last week, Patrick Hendrick, who uh, obviously living in Milan, was saying that their, their next phase in Italy this past week has been to learn to live with the virus. Yeah. You know, it's a big shift. And, and I wonder that's likely what we'll do here as well eventually, right? Learn to live with the virus among us, you know? And what does that look like? What does it mean? You know, who the hell knows? Um, in Germany, it seems the league's putting a lot of pressure on, on the various regions beyond sports, saying, well, if, if we get some positive tests we'll, we'll listen to the government and the authorities rather than having a plan themselves they're kind of throwing it in, in, into their plan which uh, I'm not sure is very courageous but I mean what else can they really do I suppose but they're saying there'll be a maximum of 322 people in the stadium that includes obviously players coaching staff medics um, I guess some media um, you know logistics people in the stadium so There'll be people in that stadium and, you know, keeping them apart won't be that easy. But every league is watching Germany, that is for sure, starting next weekend. You know, we'll see. I'm just thankful to see some some good football coming back. And Sportsnet World, that aired German Bundesliga for the last few years. Um, well, Sportsnet's now throwing on all the channels, the main channels. Yeah, we, fucking leave. we fucking leave, and now they put it on the main channels. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. The reason for that. There's <laughs> a good reason. There's nothing else yeah. to show. Remember our discussions about that league? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Let's, oh. let's pump it up. Let's all we got left, and they're just like, nah. No. Nah. nah. Don't want to. <laughs> don't want anything to do with it. Fuck. All it took, all, all it took was a global pandemic. Hey, if we should have been show some foresight here, fellas. And, oh boy! Anyway, listen. Um, you mentioned MLS Beach. <laughs> Their teams um, have been given permission to start training back last week in May the sixth. Um, Don Garber says he's cautiously optimistic there will be a season. Of course, these summer leagues are, are more fortunate; they have got more time. Of course, TFC are back in training of sorts. Tomorrow, as in Monday, uh, we're now joined by, as I mentioned, we're in the face of Canadian football in Major League Soccer, one of the faces globally now of Canadian football. As I mentioned, it's TFC's all-time appearance leader, Summer. I remember, I think, maybe doing his first game, I think, having to interview uh, Ozo at halftime with some dumbass questions, which I apologize for, Ozo. But we're now joined by Jonathan Azorio, um, welcome to Footy Prime, mate. Thank you so much for joining us. You start training on Monday. Um, how tough is that going to be for you physically? How fit are you eight weeks into this thing? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, um, it's going to be uh, in the first day of training. Will be, I think it'll be exciting just to get back on the pitch. I think because we've been limited to to not being able to go to the pitches and. And I mean, I've been just running on the on the streets here in this neighborhood and trying to stay fit and doing workouts in the basement. So to get on the pitch and to touch the ball um, and to see teammates from obviously distance, I think I think it's uh, it's good for the morale and and, uh, and a step in the right direction. And then, and then the lungs, lungs start, start to burn, and then you start, start remembering what it's like after you've been off for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think the the lungs, because we, I mean, I've been running, so I, I think when if we get into like group training, that's when I'll really feel, I really feel the the legs and the lungs. But I think for these individual trains, it'll be, um, you know, hard but modified. Uh, we we will do as much as we can and and, and difficult uh, fitness, I guess, but. Uh, I think when you get into more game situation, that's, that's when, when that's when, when you really feel really it. Well, let me ask you. So back in mid March, when, when the league came to a close, it's still early season. You're not at peak condition just at that point. Let's say you're you're eight out of ten fitness, right? And you'll be ten out of ten fitness mid season. If you're eight out of ten fitness in the middle of March, what are you now? <laughs> probably half of that, maybe four. If really? four is like probably. Yeah, maybe because I mean we, we haven't, haven't been we, one. We haven't been playing games. We haven't even been training. Uh, I can imagine 
and for some other guys, maybe even lower, but I would say half, half of that. Um, uh, it, it's very close. There's the only thing to, to be the only kind of fitness to kind of equal, uh, or emulate a game is playing, playing games, uh, playing actual games itself. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, everybody's going to be far off for sure. Have you done any online stuff, uh, John? Like uh, with the other with fitness instructors, strength and fitness guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. We've been doing um, online uh, uh, gym sessions. Um, they've they've done a great job of getting us uh, equipment. They've gone uh, uh, almost pretty. I, I'm pretty sure everybody equipment to to be using whether it's stationary bikes or weights and and stuff like that. So they've done a great job with uh, doing that, and then. We've been pretty much in groups doing our our, our uh, workout sessions uh, um, almost every day. So yeah, if we've been working. We've been working, and 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 the work the the workouts are hard. I gotta say they're tough. But again, there's nothing there's, there's nothing, nothing like being on the field and actually playing. There's there's nothing to equal that. I just find it be four out of ten. Shams, it's interesting because we have four out of ten, uh, which also thinks he's at at the moment. And I'm trying to compare it to where the Premier League or guys in Europe that have been through three quarters of their season. And they're basically over the hurdle of being at their peak fitness and kind of coming down, seeing the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, Craig, that we used to speak about in March and April, where you can kind of see your holidays or your vacations in, in the, the, the back of the tunnel and your, your fitness is just hanging on. Them guys are now going to have to go through another preseason to try and get themselves up to a level that they were at to finish the season. Where guys in MLS to play two games, you play two games, yes, also. So, yeah. these guys are not even at their peak fitness yet. You, you don't really get into a rhythm or uh, a peak fitness until you probably eight games, six to eight games into the season, where you start feeling really comfortable and your recovery and your your preparation is really really tight so i think it's going to be harder for those guys in europe and the rest of the world than it is for the guys over here in north america i'm not saying it's not going to be hard here but i think the guys here in in north america will jump on the fitness levels a lot quicker than they are in europe hey jonathan does it worry you what's going on in the states when you look at certain states are dealing with the coronavirus differently and Mm -hmm. teams in houston teams in seattle teams in california teams in new york does that worry you just how, as a player and uh, how it is so spread out across the country in different ways and how the league and how the country is dealing with it down there? And is that going to be a concern for players and everybody else involved? For sure. For sure. I mean, we, we uh, the start of the league depends, for us, depends on how everything is, is, is doing in, in the United States as well. So it, you know, things here in Canada can start getting better. As here. Um, it, that doesn't mean nothing if if New York keeps being, you know, keeps going the way it is, or or California or wherever. Um, and you know, you you know, that's the that's the thing. You can't leave one team out of it. It's it's the whole league, and and it's so spread out. Um, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a, something you think about. It's a concern. Um, you just you know, it's something that leaves you with, uh, you know, without answers of, of when really this league can, can start up again. And um, it's tough sometimes. It's, 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 it's tough and to think about. But, you know, you try to stay positive and take it day by day. Are you confident, John, that, that you know, you will see football again this season? That MLS, it might be delayed another month, two months, who knows, and likely in empty stadiums. But you will be playing football at some point this season? I think so. I think so. At some point this season, uh, we will be playing. Um, of course, it depends on. Of course, it depends on how the numbers go down there. If if things start to get better, um, but I I believe and I hope that things will get better eventually, and we'll be playing uh, games. Of course, uh, in in um, in closed stadiums. It's, it's crazy. crazy. It, it must, must be so strange for, for footballers in that, you know, you have this, this preseason back in earlier this year and you get together and you see a group forming coming together. But as football is, you know, every season the team looks different, the squad looks different. 
And here you are with this. It's not a lost season, like you said, just yet. There's going to be probably football in some capacity, but who knows what it looks like. But, I mean, who knows what this team looks like, you know, in, in the coming months. And then looking ahead to next year, when maybe some normalcy resumes for the first time in, in maybe a year or so, how this, this club looks different. And as a veteran now, and crazy to say you're a veteran at TFC, do you think about that and how, how your current team might might change given what's what's happening this season and, and the delay? Yeah, you think about, you know, the 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 June and July transfer window coming right. up. Uh, you, you never know. Could, uh, will FIFA allow transfers to go? Like, there's so many questions that, that, that need answers. And right now it's... Uh, we don't have them, right? So, and then you think about, you know, guys being off for so long and, um, you know, it might take others, you know, uh, a, a, little, a bit longer to, uh, you know, adapt themselves and, and to to find their form again. So, there's so many things. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. We could have new players. We could have players leave. We, uh, honestly, it, it's crazy. This it, The team could be totally different. Um, and how it looks uh, when we do resume, you we just you just don't know. What about uh, your employees, uh, your employer, um, John MLSE? Um, mm-hmm. They, you know, they have all this sports franchises with the Raptors, obviously the Leafs and you guys and the Argonauts. Is there a pressure on them as an employer to make sure that you guys are safe as well before they let you go back into the United States perhaps and put yourselves in maybe harm's way and bringing something back? And secondly, I have to say that MLSE from a, a charitable side of things have been absolutely fantastic in, in this uh, uh, pandemic uh, and joining in with Conquer COVID and other great initiatives with food banks and whatnot. I know you've done your part at some hospitals with sick kids. They've been great from that spec- perspective. But from the coronavirus and being an employer, um, how much pressure do you think is on them to allow any of their teams to go back into competition? I think there's a bit of pressure. It's, it, it's tough, man, because – People, I think, during these times, they want to see sports. They're they're itching to, for for some positivity, and sports is a huge part of that in in our lives in uh, you know today. And so, uh, I think it's the pressure of you know they they want to get going, but at the same time they have to take care of us and make sure that that the health our health is is comes uh, before anything. Um, it's tough. It's tough, but they've been doing a great job. I mean, um, I know with, with TFC, they've been treating us so great with our training sessions and, and our communication. And, um, you know, our, our cooks are giving meals. They're, they're, they're giving meals to us as well, getting meals to us so that we are still eating right. Um, amazing. The, the, the things that, the, you know, the, the company is doing is, is amazing. But again, it, it, it our league starting again all depends on how our neighbor down south is doing as well. And so for that reason, uh, you don't really know what to expect. What do you think you'll notice the first thing you get on that football field? Will it be your touch? Will it be, you know, mentally, you know, how you're thinking the game through? Will it be fitness? What's the, the one thing that you're a bit concerned about when you get a ball at your feet? I think fitness for me personally, it's going to be fitness. Um, uh, the ball on my feet, I mean, uh, I think I've played for so long now that it, it will come back. Like for any footballer, it will it will eventually come back and you will know how to touch the ball and get the rhythm. You'll be rusty, yes, but you, you will never forget how to, to play football, with, you know, but it's it's the fitness. I think for sure the fitness is, is, is going to be uh, tough. Key thing, James, as well as many players – have an off-season program where they're just running. So a lot of our guys are either running in the street or uh, they're finding a, a park or a field where they can do some extended running. But a key thing for me when I used to go back to preseason as a player was, all right, I'm okay to do this straight line running, but it's when you start turning the agility mm-hmm. and when you start incorporating a ball, because when you're running without a ball, you're basically your head is up straight. You're just looking ahead of you. But now you have a ball at your feet. You're having to look at where the ball is as well as trying to keep running. And it really fucks with your dynamics in your head. And that really, really puts pressure on you fitness-wise as well. So incorporating a ball, starting to turn, agility, all that stuff incorporated really tests your, your fitness levels. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's different running, you know, without the ball, of course, and you can become so fit at that and and have no problems with that. But there, like I said, there's there's nothing like uh like the game, you know, dealing with turns and and uh, you know contact with people and uh, uh you know dribbling with the ball, of course, like that sharpness might you know at first will definitely not be uh where it should be, but um. Yeah, so it, I think everything is going to be tough at first, everything. But uh, for me, the biggest thing is when we actually, if we, if and when we get into group training, that will be, that will be the tough part. Hey, Jonathan, before we change, I want to change subjects a little bit. You got, you know, you're a hometown boy playing for your hometown club, which is just a, an amazing opportunity, an amazing thing that you've done and made a career in your hometown. Um, but your road and your career getting here and your, you know, your path to Toronto SC was out of the country in Uruguay with uh, Lucas Cavallini. Tell us a little bit about that. And, is, and did that help with your development as a player when you came back to Canada physically, mentally, tactically? Did that help you? Must have. Oh, for sure. I, I, I always tell everybody to ask me this question, uh, you know, that experience going overseas to 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 Uruguay and being in a club like Nacional uh, is everything for my career. Everything. It, I, I'm not the player I am today without that experience. Um, and I think the biggest thing that it helped me was mentally and tactically, for sure. Um, uh, more mentally, though. More mentally, and, and I say more. Um, by mental, I mean my passion for the game. My passion for the game grew so much being around the people down there and seeing how you know, they, they live for, for the sport. They live for their club. It's such, it's just so different to, to what we're used to here in Canada. And I love that. I, I absolutely love that. Um, I was fortunate enough to go down and, and know the language. So it was, it wasn't so, so tough for me. Uh, it wasn't such a tough transition, um, but it was still tough. It was still tough to be a kid from Canada and going down there and trying to find your spot and trying to find your place with, with the kids down there. Um, but uh, an amazing experience. Yeah, I went with Lucas Carolini, who, you know, one of my best friends today. And, you know, we got to share that experience and um, at a really good club, too. You know, I, not, you know, people get to go overseas, but uh, not everybody gets the fortune of being at such a historic and big club in, in that country. And luckily for me, I, I, I had that opportunity. And, you know, I, I, I'm so thankful for it every day. Did you notice that how the game had evolved here in Canada from when you left for Uruguay to when you came back? Was there an obvious difference that the game was, you know, um, going in the right direction at that point? Yes, for sure. For sure. Uh, I think before and when I went to Uruguay, it was still, it was still, it was still growing and there were still a lot of things um, that needed to improve, I think. And, and the academy was very, um, was very young at the time. It only just started. Um, and to be honest, I never had an opportunity in the academy at those times. So Uruguay was my opportunity. Um, but um, when I came back, the structure and everything was 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 very professional. It was finally, I think, feeling like a professional environment and feeling what I had in, in, in Uruguay, or not so different at least. And I think that for me was was a big difference for me seeing that, you know, the football is, is catching up here to the rest of the world now as far as structure and, and development and, and now even passion because from when I started playing to, to the passion, to, to the fans that we have now, the passion and, and, the, and, the, and the love that people have for the game has grown. It's, it's, it's been unbelievable to, to be a part of. Dinch, did you, uh, you saw John obviously when he was very young at the academy. Did you see a big difference when he came back from, from Nacional? Well, to be honest, I, I didn't see Johnny before he left to go to Uruguay. I can't remember what year it was. You went. When did you go, John, to, to Uruguay? I went to Uruguay uh, 2000 and... Um... Seven or eight, was it? No, 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 no. Okay. It was later. I think it was 2010, yes. 2009 or 2010. I think 2010. So he, he went out there at a younger age. And as you said, the academy did not start at TFC till 2008. So uh, I finished my career and then I was lucky enough to, to work with the first team for a little bit. But then 
the club asked me if I wanted to to coach, so I, I moved into the academy and I said, "This is great for me in my development as a coach." And at the time, we we just brought uh, Oso's little brother in, and it's one of our younger teams. Nikki Nikki Oso was with the '98 group, who we were just starting to to assemble, and um, th- there was a, a stage where I think we played a, a game against. I think it was SC Toronto. Was it also who you was playing for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kind of coaching my team, but I was watching. I, I knew the, a lot of players on the opposite team, but there was a kid that I thought was working head and shoulders above everyone else, and it was also. And I spoke to to Carl Masako, who I knew, and I think also knew him as well. And then I said, "Look, is it possible for you to come in with your dad, and and possibly we can have a little talk about." bringing you in or at least for, for some training sessions with my group with the intention of getting him in with the first team group because he was a little bit of an older player for our for our academy team. And so uh, we agreed on that. Also came in with his dad just to go over just the details and just to speak about what what I could promise, promise at, at that time. time. It was basically just training sessions with, with my group at that time and, and also came in for around three months with my group and I think the head coach at the time was Ryan Nelson and Jimmy was in with that group. And I said, look, guys, for me, uh, this boy is is at a different level than, than our kids that we've got in our team. And it wasn't that he was dribbling through like Maradona and just taking everyone on and banging goals. He was just at a different level in understanding the game, seeing the game, his game intelligence, his first touch and speed of play was that three or four levels higher than what our academy players were. So I kept knocking on the door, kept knocking on the door, and I was getting very frustrated. It came to pre-season and also was still with my group, training with my U19 team. And then it was just by fortune that uh, uh, Jimmy called me and said, look, we're a player down with the first team and we're going, I think you were going to Florida or somewhere on a pre-season trip. He said, I think we're going to have a look at uh, your boy Johnny and, and bring him in with some other players that we're, we're looking at from Vancouver and other older players that we had with the team. And and that was it. That was my small part. I just I, I saw a kid that could play at a decent level that was night and day above what we had in the academy. And I thought he was deserving of his chance with the first team. It took a little bit of time. But after that, after knocking on the door and, and getting him in, it was all up to Osso and, and the, the rest is history. I mean, also, you've always been a fan favourite at TFC, you know, local boy. But, you know, you've had your, your trials and tribulations. You've really earned, I think, your spot the last couple of years in particular, you know. Um, tell us about, you know, that room and some real big characters, big personalities. You know, I'm talking about Josie and, and Michael. I mean, I imagine that they, they don't suffer fools gladly. Were they hard to, to prove yourself to or were they welcoming? What, what's that room like? No, they were. I mean, for for me personally, they were they were welcoming. I think uh, My- Michael brought the 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 mentality, the the great mentality um, culture that we have now at the club. He's the one that brought that uh, that winning mentality, wanting you know training every day, uh, you know at your best, training like it's a game. And so he brought that, and he he expected that of everybody. Not you know didn't matter if you were a veteran or a rookie. Um, but at the same time, uh, for me, they, 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 I think they saw the quality that I had and they, they were, no, they were very welcoming. They didn't put pressure on me to, to be, you know, to, to, to be a great player right away. They, they were just, they saw, I I think potential and kind of, uh, they were happy to play with me and, and, um, you know, encouraged me a lot. So. Um, I think it's a it's a great environment that we have in there for for young players. I think, especially even this year, what I what I've seen in preseason, uh, we have a lot of guys that we've been signing, a lot of young kids, and um, you know, they, with they have the 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 support of everybody. Everybody wants them to do well, but at the same time, you know, we they demand a high standard. So I think that balance makes it you know really good and and uh, and gives young players a chance. To, to succeed at this club. When you, when you, you know, being one of the only Canadian players, regulars on the team, do you feel a responsibility, especially as a local lad, and a little extra pressure put on you because of that? Uh, sometimes, but I, I don't, it's not a pressure that's bad. It's a good pressure, I think. Uh, it, it makes me play better, makes me, 
feel more proud um, and work harder to 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 continue that. I think it's important to for people to see a Canadian or Canadians in the team and doing well. And you know, and and through the years, it's not only been me. There's been others, but um, I've tried to uh, try to be a consistent uh, a player on 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 the pitch, and and not only. I don't find that pressure. Honestly, most of that pressure comes from myself. I, I just, I want to be on the field all the time because that's what I want to be. That's what I want to do. But at the same time, I do think that I, I represent the, the city at this club and, and the people and, 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 and the young players coming in. And um, I think it's my responsibility to do everything I can to, to keep being uh, uh, an important part of the, of the, of the team. Do some math here, right? I think you're 27, right? Or thereabouts right now? Yeah. Yeah, so, so do you remember Craig as a footballer or as a broadcaster? Um, <laughs> I, remember, I, I, remember, I remember Craig uh, getting a shutout against uh, Colombia at the 2000 Gold Cup. So, oh, and, right. winning MB, and winning MVP. <laughs> so I remember him as a footballer for sure. Also, did you have a Columbia jersey on or a Canada jersey on that day? I had, I had a, I'll be honest, I had a Columbia jersey before the game, but it changed quickly after the game. Seven years ago, you were seven years old or thereabouts. Sorry, Charms, I was going to ask you. In the last few years, you've got this goal-scoring touch that's come into your game. That did it was it there before, or is it is it more of a tactical thing, positioning where you are, is it why you're getting more opportunities? Did you always have that in you, or has that been somebody that was surprised to you as your careers developed? You know, I I really believe it was always you know as a young player. I mean, I know in the youth it's a little bit different, but I always scored goals. I was known for that actually, and then. As, As I, I got, got older, older, I moved into the midfield, and and um, it was a little bit less, but I was still finding my way. And when I in my first year, I scored five goals, and I scored five goals in starting maybe twenty games. So I, I always had it in me. I think as the new rain came in, and as new players came in, uh, I felt the pressure to um. To score, score goals, goals, but and, and then, then the pressure, pressure came to to get stay on the field and, and win my place on the team. So um, I was focused more on all the other things. I think because uh, I knew there was they were bringing in guys to score goals. That wasn't my role as much as I wanted it to be. So I kind of had to learn a balance of how to win my position on the team, find my times to score, but also do the job that my coach is asking me for. And once I think I got the, the confidence of, of Greg Vanny that, uh, you know, I showed him a couple of times of myself getting into the box and making late runs. Once I got his confidence, he, he gave me more of that freedom. And then we saw, uh, obviously, I had that year in 2018 where I scored whatever many goals. And, and now that's, you know, that confidence stays with me. And now I look to score goals. Now it's something that I look to do. So I, I honestly... Craig, I really think it was always in me. I just, I had to find the way to, to show it at this level. Was part of that way, was that actually having a conversation with Greg and uh, Vanny and, and to sort of say that, listen, give me a chance to get more opportunities up front because I can deliver? Um, yes, a, a little bit. Not really. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not really that player to, I, I like to, earn my chances by on the field, you know, by showing and, and uh, not that going to the coach and, and telling him is a bad thing. Maybe looking back, I, I should have said, you know, maybe just trust me, trust me to go to the net a little bit. I can, I can score goals, but uh, I'm a little bit of a shy, not shy, not shy, just I just earn my, 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 my things on the pitch. And so I just, found a way playing those games to find those moments that that I could get into the box and when I got into the box I knew I had to uh, make good of it in this moment because it may not come again in, in the game and, and if I do I'll actually be uh, have that freedom to do it more so um, you know it was, it was just you know waiting for my chance and, and, and reading the game and learning the game more and finding my chance to, to do it more in the game 
Is your mentality any different when you, you step over to the national team? Obviously, you mentioned at TFC, you're, you're surrounded by some, some pretty big name players. And then you go to, to Canada and, you know, there's some, some kids there who are going to be really big names, you know, perhaps including yourself. But is your role different there when, when you step into that room? Uh, now, now, yes, because we have such young kids. It, it's so different. It's, it's, it's pretty cool to think about in TFC, you know, the, the, the big names are, are guys that are maybe toward the end of their careers. Whereas now our big names in the, in the, in, in the national team are guys that are just starting. Yeah. So it, it's, it's so different. And it's crazy to see that, you know, these, I don't, the big names at Toronto FC don't look up to me. You know what I mean? They, they, they've had their careers and, and, and they know what they have to bring. Whereas these young players in this national team, I feel they, they respect me and they, they, they do look up to me in a sense. And that's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. And um, I've tried to never, um, you know, look down or look up at people. I, I, I truly believe that I can play at any level. That's what I believe. Even though I play at MLS, I don't let that bother me when I go into a field and playing against beside or against the guy in the, I don't know, in the Premier League or the Bundesliga. For, for me, that doesn't matter. For me, it's, it's your quality of, 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 the, of, the, of the player. And, and that's the way I look at it. And so in the national team, I'm more of a veteran guy in that kind of squad. I actually have, I'm probably fifth in, in the regular squad, fifth in the appearances, even though I don't have so much, but, uh, I do have more experience than these guys, and so it, it's a little bit different for sure. It's the my role, I, th- I guess, in, in the team is as far as uh, leadership is, is different on, on in both in both teams. John, do you see yourself 2026? It has to be something that you must look forward to in the fact that if you're healthy, um, you'll still be at the age where you could still contribute to the national team for sure. Is that something you thought about being a part of? Yeah, of course. Um, I thought about it a little, little bit, but if I'm being honest, Greg, I, I don't really look past 2022. I, I really don't. I, I still, it's, it's my goal. It's, it's what I look forward to, and, um, and I think you know we, we have a chance, especially now with all this happening. The format for qualification uh, has to change, and and it might benefit us. So uh, we're fortunate, and. You know, I think it's a kind of meant to be thing. I truly believe in. So right now, I only look forward to 2022. 2026 is, you know, something that, you know, I can look forward to after 2022. Hopefully we qualify and we can do that. Do that. Um, but, but if you're asking me if I, if I, if I want to be, if I plan on being part of that team, 100%. 100%. Hey, any thoughts on the current uh, FIFA rankings system, Jonathan? Yeah, I think of them probably the same as you guys. Uh, you know, it's, it's 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 something. It's something. It's something, and um, or it was something. Who knows now? But yeah. I, that whole that whole uh, the format and and everything. Uh, it, it it kind of wasn't fair. It kind of wasn't fair. I think. And um, but you know, it, it is what it is, or it was what it was. Whatever it is, and. I really think that, you know, uh, football has a funny way of, uh, uh, of working. And, and I, I, I have a good feeling of, of where we move forward from here. There's one thing, Sean, was about the ranking system. And there's another thing when they actually use it for competition where you do rank in them. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. Yeah, kind of yeah. loose kind of guidelines of where people stand and you can kind of talk about it discuss it but then they use it for you know where you sit i mean i remember even the world cup for brazil 2014 when they were in south africa i believe it was for the draw the coaches were there thinking they were going to use the ranking system from that particular time and fifa go okay we're going to do the draw for Concacaf, but we're going to use ranking from about six months before all of a sudden dale mitchell's like oh hold on a shit that's a completely yeah. <laughs> different place where we were, right? Yeah, and yeah, in yeah. Europe at the same day, you know, and all these different things. So anyway, it's just the fact that they use it for competition and where people rank is just, you know, sideways stupid. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there has to be a, a, a more logical way of, of, you know, earning your place in, in, in into, uh, into the World Cup, like a fair way. And whether it was to start, you know, World Cup qualifying 
right after the last World Cup. And so you get the process going so that you get a group stage before the hex and you have to actually qualify for the hex like it was before. Uh, I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't really know how, how it worked out to be what it was. And, but I, I don't think, I don't think it's fair. Yeah. Follow South America's South American qualifying is fantastic, right? And it's, it's this one table. It's, yeah. it's incredible. And I think, I, sorry, I, I think it's cause also they have 10 nations. So yes, it's a little yeah, bit, it's a little, sure. it's a little bit easier. You can just do, you know, a league style qualification, which is great. You know, that's, that's the, I, that would be everybody's, I think, ideal way of qualifying for a World Cup. But um, well, yeah, CONCACAF. Pre-qualifying graphs, you know, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, CONCACAF, okay, there's not 10 very good teams, right? Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. eight decent teams. There's six good teams, which Canada is in there now, I think. You know, there's a way around it pre-qualifying. But anyway, we can go on that topic for a very long time. <laughs> let's be honest. I think we're all in the, in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. A couple of questions from uh, some of our, our listeners here uh, for you, Ozo. Um, Mike says, uh, this is a, it's a, it's a bit unfair. It's a bit tough. You, you've heard it before. I'm sure before, uh, after 197 matches with TFC, do you see yourself finishing your career in Toronto? Would you like to apply your talents abroad in Europe? 197 MLS matches. Right. I guess he was talking about, uh, yeah, it must be. Yeah. 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 No, no, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> um, do I see myself playing abroad? I, I, I'll be honest, it's always been a dream of mine. And uh, I'm not shutting the door on that. Uh, I won't shut the door on that. I mean, I know I'm 27 years old. And 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 in football these days, of course, uh, when teams... It's very well known that European teams, when they look overseas for a player, they're looking for a young player. But, but you know, sometimes you get the, the you know, the, the odd one where... They're getting a player that's ready, ready to contribute. And I feel that that would be me. So um, it's always been a dream of mine. I, I truly believe that I can I can play at, at the level of Europe. But um, at the same time, I would not, you know, I would not be opposed to finishing my career at TFC. Actually, I would I would love to finish my career at, at TFC, even yeah, if right. going up, even if going abroad. Which, which leagues did you watch growing up? I mean, obviously not too many available through mainstream TV here. Yeah, Premier League, uh, bit of Spain, bit of France. What was the one league in particular? I followed every league. Uh, watching, like you said, there wasn't a lot. Um, I watched a lot of uh, Serie A when I was a kid uh, on TLN, because they were showing on TLN, um, and Premier League as well. Premier League w- was on TV a lot. So I watched a lot of Premier League. Um, and then when I could... If we got the channel, I would watch the La Liga. But I watched a lot of Serie A, actually, because I am a... Growing up, I was a Real Madrid. I was very into the Galacticos. Mm-hmm. But I also enjoyed uh, Inter Milan. Inter Milan was a club that I was really interested in as well. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Deej, of course, some experience there. Listen, fellas, um, should, we, should we get to our five-a-side teams as we keep Oslo on here? Do you mind staying on for a bit longer there, Oslo? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not at all. All right, so so I put this out to the fellas earlier this week, and both Craig and Danny have done no preparation for this. Thanks, boys. <laughs> Despite the email and the texts, so so it's, it's a bit of a chestnut. You know, people have done this for years, but it's fun. Name your all-time your, your favorite five-a-side team. If you could pick a five-a-side team, it's not necessarily the best team you know in the world, but who would you want to play with? But put yourself in that team as well. Okay, so you got five out players, and you got one one goalkeeper. All right. Um, it's five aside, so tactically, who gives a shit? Um, we'll start with you, also, and then we'll make fun of your selections, and then we'll go around the table. I want to hear Dan and, and Jeff here as well because that's going to be extremely uh, amusing. So, yeah. <laughs> also, okay, you, okay. you start me. What's, what's your five aside team, including yourself? Oh, okay. Um, okay. Well, in goal, uh, I don't. I don't think my five aside team won't have the best, I guess, players in history, but some players I've enjoyed watching and in goal, I don't know. Uh, well, you know the Colombian oh, yeah, goalkeeper. Yes. Uh, so he would score a Exactly. Uh, you know, he does free kicks and everything. I would love to have him in goal. He'll, he would take my penalties uh, <laughs> in my side. Um, center back, I'd have um, Cannavaro. Or not yeah. center back. A defense, Cannavaro. Um, I think I have one. I'll leave him by himself there, and uh, he can take care of everything. And then 
I would have uh, Messi, Cristiano, and Zidane. That's decent. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and an offensive team. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Very, very yeah. might do some stupid things every now and again and concede some. Yeah. You've got enough firepower <laughs> to get the goals back. <laughs> Although only one ball yeah. in the field, right? It's a problem. Just one ball. So you've got to share it around those fellas. Yeah, that would be tough. It, would, it wouldn't really work out, but I would just enjoy every individual uh, as they touch the ball. <laughs> That's great. All right, Craig, how about you? Have you some time to think about this now? Precious? No, it's very, actually, you know, I have. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, so I have to be, I'll be in goal because I can't put myself anywhere else. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Right? Bobby Moore, center back. Oh. Johnny Wark in midfield. Oh. Messi, I thought Ronaldo, but those two would be just hogging the ball from each other because they wouldn't play well. <laughs> so I threw in Zola. Oh, nice. Oh. Messi free kicks too. Cool. Am I missing wow. one? I think you're missing one, right? Yeah. Uh, Zidane, I was, Zidane's got to be in there, didn't he? Yeah. Can't get him with Zizou. No. All right, that's decent as well. All right, Beach? Um, I'm going to go quickly here. I'll have Edison in goal because right. he played football out. Uh, outfield, outfield position when he was younger and, and he can, can absolutely hammer a ball as well, well so he'd take my penalties along with some goals for you wouldn't he thought, yeah. yeah I would have uh, Franco Baresi at the back mm-hmm. and Maldini Maldini would be on the left hand side oh unbeatable Baresi so he'd be a little flank guy for me I'd have Pillow in the midfield yeah and then uh, I think I would throw Gascoigne in there just for the English twist as well. And you're I, love, I love Paul Gascoigne. No, I wouldn't put myself in. I'd put Fabio. Uh, if if you read what I asked you to do, <laughs> I'll be on the bench. I'll be on the bench. No, no, no. You have to win that. One day you'll be an ex athlete as well. Okay. Right? One day. And you're in the answers, let me tell you. Hey, Deep, it looks like you're still hung up on the fucking collar. Have you taken that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a coat hanger out of that thing. It's a burial suit, isn't it? It's still got the coat hanger in it. Yeah, I'd have, fat Ronaldo, I'd have Fat Ronaldo up top and uh, Badger or Pillow in midfield. All right. <laughs> yeah. Romario would be good up top too, eh? Romario yeah. with the Beto, yeah. one of those two. But yeah. we wouldn't know whether he'd turn up in time because he'd be fucking at a nightclub till six in the yeah, morning. <laughs> All right, should we go to uh, Wonger now? I want to hear Wonger's. Uh, favorite in that he, he discovered soccer about six months ago <laughs> give us your best uh your best basketball five oh <laughs> uh, mine, mine's pretty easy yeah <laughs> mine's uh <laughs> mine's uh pretty easy it's guys i like to party with so <laughs> so i i need dickio on the team now because you can tell he get you out of jail he party with you till four and because he got his law degree over the last weekend, <laughs> we need to get us out of jail because he's a solicitor now. I could talk our way out. Forrest can keep rolling things all night long. So the rolling what? Forrest and Nets, you won't get a, a shot on him. And then probably like two or like Zidane, he'd be coming in with the hash. He'd be perfect. <laughs> and then uh, Pele. You need a Pele doing his, you know, little Pele. And, uh, I think because I think I think Osorio will have to join our team because of that great haircut he brought on our show. I'm gonna say yeah, yeah. Quarantine <laughs> hair. That's a quarantine haircut. Compared to John, look what he got. <laughs> you're usually so well groomed, Jesus man. You're like you look like an ape. <laughs> yeah, but it's very versatile. <laughs> yeah, like uh, back, I got hair. yeah, exactly. What do you like? Me and Deech are sitting there going, I wish I could have any hairstyle. Look at this one. Look at this stuff here. Look at this. Uh, yeah, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, pal. All right, Jeff. You look good. Sharon, you look good. No, I don't look terrible. It's like the bag of shit like Deech said last week. I do. I'm not good. All right, Jeff, what's, what's your team? So a lot, of, a lot of my players have already been picked. Am I allowed to sub them off onto my team? Sure. Okay, okay so, so first of all, also, you're on. You got to be. Because top Dish, Dish, you got to be on now, like not back when you were playing, but now. And you have to wear what you're wearing on the pitch. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. I have to go with, 
I have to go with Fat Ronaldo. And that's and I'm surprised that you said that because I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get them with this joke of Fat Ronaldo, but no, missed out. Um, and then I'm gonna bring in uh, Neil Ruddick, Razor, because just because I've partied with him before, and um, he basically almost pimped out his wife to me, which is hilarious. Yeah, um, Razor. But then, but then in goal, I, I, I mean, obviously, there's there's only one, you know, tall blonde. You know, legend, and that is Peter Schmeichel, of course. <laughs> well, wait, sorry, I'm not not sorry, Craig. That you're the, you're the other one, so you know. Hey, when did you party with Razor? Who me? No, I know you did, Craig. But Jeff, when did you party with Razor Ruddock? Uh, in 2009, I was in London with uh with one of my mates, and he's like, "Holy shit, that's Neil Ruddock." I'm like, "Who?" He's like, that's Neil Ruddick. And all his buddies are like, holy shit, it's, it's, it's Razor. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. They're like, let's go talk. I'm like, no, 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 that's Razor. I'm like, I don't care. I don't know who this guy is. So I went off. I'm like, hey, man, uh, my, my cousin and all his buddies are huge fans. He's like, all right, comes over. We're having drinks. And his wife was really upset that she wasn't the center of attention. Because I think she was like a Playboy buddy or something at one point. So she did everything she could to you know show us what she had. And uh, we, we definitely could have played with those balls all night, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, that man is a beast, and he can drink. Oh you know, man, different class, different class. He was what, what, pretty, he, by then. He was pretty fat, eh? He was he was a big guy. He was a very really large yeah. guy. One day we'll get done up on him again, and he'll tell you the story about how uh, Benfica picked up his ex girlfriend. Was his current you know, a girlfriend of his once upon a time, or tried to like the team Benfica? <laughs> there in town, Nuno Gomes was was there, and uh, yeah, he uh, it's, it's, it's a good story anyway. He was not happy about it at all. <laughs> I know. Um, my my team is uh, Bruce Grobel, Aaron Goal. It's got to be Bruce. We don't want to hear yours. Okay, <laughs> right. All right. Let's well, be funny, Prime. You're a prick. You know, just because you shaved your hair off. No, you're like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Go ahead. I'm just kidding, you fucker. Go ahead. I like Bruce Grobel. Are you? I like Bruce. Bruce. Yep. Yep. No, he's uh, he's he's my all-time favorite. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, at the back, Des Walker. Right. I've never, yeah, seen, I've yeah. never seen a defender yeah. defend as well as Des Walker. Now, I was a kid when he played at Forest, of course, but, man, he could not beat him. I'd be kind of in the midfield just watching everyone play around me because I'm terrible. John Barnes would be in uh, a forward oh. role with, with Gaza. Yeah, and then uh, up top, Ronaldinho. Oh, okay. okay. None, None of us said Ronaldinho. No, he said uh, any players maybe feel the love and joy of the game more than him. He was incredible. Just so much fun to watch. Always smiling. Ugly as sin. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. He likes fake passports, apparently. He's done time, hasn't he? I know. I know. <laughs> apparently he's playing with the prisoners. Like, I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah. What, what was he doing anyway? I, I, I think, uh, you know, someone told me this recently and it was, he didn't need to do it, put it that way. It was unnecessary. Did he was going to be recognized? I think he was traveling within, within Brazil. He was traveling and, he didn't need obviously a passport, but for some reason he got a fake got passport and he got busted. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's very odd. But boy, he could dribble. He was trying to import. He was trying to import all that Afro sheen. Is that say something Deech uses his beard? Afro sheen. Yeah, unbelievable, Deech. That's you unbelievable. Know, now you look like a character from Team America. Burka, burka, burka. All right, listen, we're out of time, I think, right? Are we Dan? Wonger, is it time? Wonger, is it time? Are we, are we finished? Wonger's on a delay. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah, on Mars. Fastest power in the block. It is, yeah. Well, listen, that was a lot of fun. Um, okay, thanks so much, man. We really appreciate that. Enjoy training on Monday. Get back in that field, pal. We want to see you no, back at Emo Field. Okay, Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's yeah, thanks, fun. John. Really appreciate you coming on, buddy. It's, no, thanks, guys. Good luck for the season, and it's great to see a Canadian doing so well, and a Canadian MLS team is fantastic. And keep it up, and good luck with the national team as well, because exciting times ahead. I think. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Craig. I appreciate that. It means a lot. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Well, you're welcome back anytime. All right, Thank guys and girls. We hope you enjoyed that. Uh, make sure you follow us on all our social media platforms, be it Twitter. Be it uh, Facebook. Uh, are we on Instagram as well? We are, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I should know that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're on Instagram. Um, <laughs> Amsterdam. Our fans Amsterdam Brewery, of course. Um, fine, yeah, fine, fine. 
What, what's that one there, Jeff? What was that? What, what, this is Cerveza Fria. So this is basically Amsterdam's answer to Corona without the virus. So, <laughs> it's, it's a nice, nice 4.5, very little bit of a, a lime hint in there, but uh, very, very good, very drinkable. Yeah, so I'll tell you what, I'm going to make sure that next week we all have some of this to try. As well, there's a couple other uh, new brews that have come out that I'm going to make sure we all have some of to try. I look forward to that. Yeah, and, and the weather's improving. It's definitely uh, coronavirus drinking weather. That's for sure. All right, everyone. Uh, DeanBundell.com, our home away from home. Thank you once again for supporting us. Uh, Beach, Craig, Wonga, Jeff, and also this has been an absolute pleasure. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Cheers for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.